couple of people that actually haven't been in the same room as each other for what, the last couple of years. Am I, am I right, Daniel Garrington? I, I swear it's before COVID. Oh, for sure. Yeah, three right. years probably. And Dr. Kim Leo, good morning, good afternoon to both of you. Uh, Thank Danny, you very much. You will be bringing along a guest. So, what will you be covering in our first half? Uh, look, we're we're going to cover what is the best way to introduce your pet to another pet when you're walking down the you know, the pavement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is the right thing to do? What is the pet etiquette? Etiquette. Etiquette. <laughs> That's the word. We'll so, that. Etiquette. Yes. Okay. How's that sound? Well, it's, it's, well, we can cut that out later. Don't worry. <laughs> but this is not live, is it? And uh, Kimberly, the winter months are upon us. So some ways to sort of keep our pets uh, not feeling the cold too much today from you. Yeah, that's right. We'll probably talk a little bit about um, how the cold impacts some of our um, our pets, our arthritic pets and maybe some of our other pets. All right. We're looking forward to all of that. Of course, Dr. Kimberly Earl is here, as is Daniel Carey, to the, the bloke with the biggest smile on his face in the building today. That's just how he is, mate. That's just how you are. That's just me. All right, you yep, have a... Mr. A, Positive, Mr. Happy, happy you balance, days. balance out my <laughs> neutralism. Uh, Daddy, you have a, a special guest you'd like to introduce for us right now? Julie Tolliday, Barker's Imbalance. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks, Danny. Look, um, I wanted to talk about doggy etiquette. You know, we're pounding the pavement, got our puppies, got our dogs with us, and there's other dogs coming towards us. Uh, I want to know what is the best way to introduce them. Because sometimes, sometimes, you know, it might not be as loving as it should be. Like they can be barking, snarling at each other. And so what are the body language issues that we need to look at and so forth? Talk to me. Well, you know, I was thinking about this overnight. So we've got somebody in a class at the moment who gets to class and the young dog is absolutely over thresholds, like, you know, leaping, lunging, (laughs) nothing harmful. And the owner keeps insisting every week that if we just let that dog say hello to one of the other dogs in the class, it'll be all right. It'll stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And psychologically, that's just a ridiculous... Um, like uh, a um, theory to have okay. because if the dog can't control themselves at five metres, they're not going to be any better at two metres nor at one metre yep. and they don't know who they're approaching on that lead. So the, dog, the other dog on the lead could be timid, it could be a little bit reactive when another dog's in its face and really our job as dog owners is to teach our dogs right from when they're puppies how to chill in public, Mm. how to, you know, and and so I've just recently um, suggested to people, like, take your dog to the Bunnings car park and just stand out of the way of things, but reinforce your dog for just standing or lying down there and not getting hypo about about what's going on there. Julie, I think there's a bunch of parents that would have this same attack for children. (laughs) When when are you free next? Look, so many people ask me that, but I did kids for 30 years. I'm doing dogs now. (laughs) Um, So, But we'll say to people, you know, ask the other person, look, if you want to have an introduction, could you just sit your dog and, and I'll sit my dog and let's see if they can cope with being that distance away. And if they can't, it's perfectly okay to say, I don't think today's the right day. Mm. I don't think it's going to work. Um, And then there's the aspect of having a person come up and say, can I pat your dog? And it's similar stuff. If if you can't get your dog to sit still while a, a stranger comes into their space, it's best not to do it. The dog's going to jump on the other person and the other person is going to say, I guarantee 
they'll say, I don't mind, my dog jumps on me. Whereas you've got your dog and you're trying to train them with good social manners not to jump. So similarly, we do an exercise in class where we say, I'll just sit my dog and then you can come to Pat. But really, there's even a step before that, which is having your dog be in closer proximity to that person and seeing whether the dog actually wants to approach the person, sniff the person, have anything to do with the person before you even try for a pat. Now, and this comes to where we've debunked that really old-fashioned idea of sticking your hand out so the dog can smell it. Mm. Bringing your, your hand up into the dog's face when they haven't invited you to do that. If you want to do the hand test, you set, stand side on to somebody's dog that's on the lead and you wait and see if they come and find your hand. So really you're saying um, don't do anything towards the dog. Let the dog come towards you if it wants to. Yes, and now it's been called a consent test. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and whether it's a human saying, do you like me, would you like to sniff me, or whether it's another dog. <laughs> There'll well, be an app for this by the time you're done, yeah, Julie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could do that. So there is actually, I'm going to say this, there's an exceptional app that's called Dog Decoder. Mm-hmm. And Danny, when you spoke about dog body language, it is the best resource. It's got every dog emotion you could imagine on the app. And you click on the emotion and it gives you a picture of what the dog would look like. It gives you a little um, paragraph on describing what the scenario is and a diagram of the dog's body and telling you what the ears and the eyes and the tongue and the paws mean. And that app was uh, advised by some of the best international dog behaviourists that there are and it's called Dog Decoder. I recommend that to people all the time. Julie, thank you very much for your time. I mean, that's a wealth of information right there. Remember, consent is the key here with doggies. And uh, Dog Decoder, the app, I think that's a good one. Thank you very much, Julie. uh, A lot of stuff uh, we've uh, had a look at there with you this afternoon and uh, some great advice. And as always, consent counts, whether it's a dog or otherwise. (laughs) Who would have thought we'd have ended up there, guys? I know. (laughs) It's very topical today. It really is. All right, if you'd like uh, to be a part of Pet Chat and you have a question uh, for uh, Dr. Kimberley, 49216216 is the number to call. Daniel Carrington, you and your smile, sir. You're excused. We look forward forward to seeing you again in a few weeks. Yes. More of Pet Chat with uh, Dr. Kimberley Earl as we head to the phone. Good afternoon, Philip. Now, Philip, you're at Stockton. Your dog over there is snapping at people and other dogs. What is going on at Stockton, Philip? Unbelievable. It's very windy. She's now barking at the clothes that have fallen off the uh, clothesline. <laughs> well, that's to be expected. Tell me a little bit about your dog. How old is she? Right, she's a, a miniature uh, miniature little poodle, mm-hmm. and and she, um, she's two. Mm-hmm. And she's got a beautiful nature, and she's the happiest dog around and but sometimes when we go for a walk she'll go up to another dog and wag a tail but then she'll snap at them Mm, okay yeah and then sometimes if we're at home and she's sitting in a bed i go and give her a pat and she'll snap at you right okay i don't come at her face i come at her from the side yeah it's almost like when i do that that she may be a bit um be half asleep and she's a bit 
Yeah, I, th- I think you've probably hit the nail on the on the head at that one. Um, dogs, when they're curled up in bed, and if they're sort of a little bit, you know, snoozy or, or zoned out, and you startle them, that's often a, a time where we'll see yep. them snap. Yep. Um, that's really common. Um, so, you know, making a little bit of a noise or um, shaking the bed before you sort of touch her. It may yep. be that she thinks you're going to kick her off the bed, and she doesn't no, really yeah, want yeah. that. She has been um, well socialized, so yeah. she's she's she goes to the up to the pet resort quite yep. regularly and even up there another dog's tried to sniff her bottom so she she snapped at the other dog yeah. for doing yeah. that um she's got a couple of little friends around and um she uh, gets into a couple of scraps with them but not often but yeah. she does try to be dominant by putting her head over the back of their neck yeah so she's i mean she sounds like she's just sort of trying to to tell everybody to sort of stay away mind my space you know what julie was saying a little bit you know she's <clears throat> maybe a dog who um needs a little bit more space or maybe she's a bit worried about other dogs coming into her space and her way of dealing with it is to sort of snap at them and sort of um, show her hand before they get a chance to, you know, do anything that she's uncomfortable with. But she goes um, in with a waggy tail, and then yeah. all of a sudden, it'll out of, out of nowhere, it'll be just a, a snap. A snap, yeah. So, you know, I guess we just need to be really um, careful about that, because not every dog has good manners. And so it might be that, um, you know, the other dog that she's, she's gone in, she's like, okay, I'll give, give this dog a try. And then that other dog comes on a little bit too strong, and she goes, whoa, 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 hang on, I wasn't ready for that. And so this is a little bit where... Um, reading the dog's body language, not only hers, but the dog, um, you know, approaching her or that she's even approaching. Um, we certainly do see some dogs that, you know, try to, to behave a bit more um, thuggish. They're a bit bullyish to other dogs. And they sort of, like you say, we, we don't like to talk about dominance so much, but that's certainly a dominant sort of behavior yeah, yeah. Um, in that situation. Yeah, she wants to do is want them yeah. to chase around the yard, basically. Yeah, so it's all on her um, terms. She can, she can, but even if... Like, she met a brother one day mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, born in Stockton together, and and uh, my wife was holding um, uh, Zoe, and her brother was being held, so the other dog wasn't coming at her or anything like that, mm-hmm. and they just went to put noses together, and the next minute she bit him. Yeah, so, but noses together, I mean, face-to-face contact, that's that can be very confronting for a dog, so, mm. you know, which is why when they're behaving really normally, they will often circle around each other, you know, they'll go nose to bum, that sort of thing, because making eye contact in, in dog world is, is quite a challenge and threatening, so mm. when you, you know, approach them face-to-face, that might have been, like, a little bit too much for her, so... So what do we do? Um, listen, it's it's a complex sort of thing, and particularly if she's doing it with dogs that she otherwise socializes well with, um, you know, we probably want to um, assess her for whether she's showing anxiety. Sometimes, um, you know, there's some things we can do to try to help them. I, I think definitely keeping keeping dogs um, at a further distance, you know, if she's happy to socialize with them once she's um, either off leash or, or, you know, if you're on a leash, you can't really get away if you feel like you need to, so it can yeah. make some dogs feel like they're cornered. She's always um, on a leash. Yeah, and so, you know, her behavior in a in a free-range setting where she's not feeling overwhelmed, you know, like when she's at the pet resort, things like that, that might be a better indication of how she's doing. So, listen, it may be that if you're really worried about it, it may be that um, seeking the help of a veterinary behaviorist um, or a trainer, but, but you know, you can't train away anxiety. So um, having her assessed by a behaviorist might not be a bad idea. Um, and, and then I would just, you know, avoid... Avoid 
situations where even if she goes into it with good intentions, you know, some people get in line for the roller coaster, but by the time they're sitting in the seat, it's all too much. Um, and so that's potentially what's happening, you know, with her as well. So trying to avoid some of those situations, not putting too much pressure on her would be would be a good start. But then, then doing kind of that, you kind of anti-socializing or in a way of not meeting other other yeah but you don't want her to reinforce the behavior that um you know that coming in coming in strong and and then you know being a bit overly aggressive that's not really what we want to encourage so we don't want her to be practicing that behavior either so all right thank you very much philip mm -hmm. uh, good luck with uh, all of that as we continue now with margaret g'day margaret now your dog has been eating dirt is that the case yes that's true it's, uh, it's not one dog. I have a Neo Mastiff and a Staffy and a Maltese Mini Poodle. And everybody's and eating the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, pull, pull up a bowl, Margaret, and you yeah. just join right in. So, you yeah. know, at the moment, is this a new thing for everybody? Yeah. Just recently? Yeah. So I don't know. My dog's eating a fair bit of dirt at the moment as well. I think, um, you know, we've had a lot of rain. The dirt is very um, soft. We're getting lots of um, grubs and beetles and stuff coming up out of our lawn. Um, there's probably a lot of extra, um, you know, there'll be some extra molds and, and bacteria and stuff growing because everything has been so wet and damp. And that probably means that it's smellier than usual for the dogs. We probably don't notice it, but the dogs probably do. Um, and they're dogs. So, you know, anything that's a bit smelly, a bit mucky, they, they're going to like to get into um, mm -hmm. if your dogs are eating a good quality dog food it's highly unlikely that they're missing anything in their diet um, if you're just doing home cooked you know 100% home cooked then there is a possibility that they were missing stuff out of there and so I'd always encourage to have um, you know a significant portion of their diet being a, a well formulated food um, but it's probably just doggy behavior and I certainly think with the with the soggy soils and things that we're um, experiencing at the moment you know my my grass is dying and the mud is like oozing up and there's all sorts of things coming up out of that um my dog is digging loads of holes so you know i think that there's there's likely that they're getting smells and stuff out of there if you've laid down any um fertilizer or blood and bone meal those sorts of things that will absolutely attract dogs as well so but even you know a little bit of composting um, you know, grass underneath the underneath the main part of the grass. You know, that's going to start to be smelly, and you and I won't smell it, but the dogs will. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering if they were lacking, but they get a good variety in their diet. Yeah, it's so. it's unlikely. It's probably just that their noses are working overtime and they're looking for the the yummiest stuff. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Margaret. Best of luck with all of that. <laughs> good afternoon, Sue. You're at Shortland with your 15 year old Staffy Putbill Cross, Pitbull Cross rather, and it's causing all sorts of commotion. What's happening? She is. Well, I have actually got three dogs. I've got a Chihuahua that's inside, and I've got a a um. Jack Russell that's two years old and he's been with me since, like, she knows him. But lately she's been, I'm, I'm fairly sure she's deaf and she's crying in pain all the time, like she's rolling around in the, the grass mm -hmm. and she's stretching but she's crying at the same time. Yeah. Um, and she's also fighting the dogs for the food. So I've okay. had to separate all their foods. Yeah, yeah. As well. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the thing, you know, a fifteen-year-old Staffy—that's that's certainly a geriatric pet. Um, <laughs> and the first thing we would do, if you've seen a behaviour change, and particularly if she's becoming more aggressive and causing some trouble, the first thing I'd always say is um, make an appointment to go up to your local vet and have her looked at because right. um, there's lots of things that could be going on. It might just be some osteoarthritis, but there could be, you know, other things happening.
happening. She might have some abdominal pain. Um, you know, there's there's lots of different things. And we've got really good medications to help these old dogs these days. Um, and you might find it really makes a turnaround and, and brings you some peace for your for your home. But I think well, what you've I'm done... Well, I'm scared she's going to kill me, little Jack Russell. Well, yeah. And, and you know, if she's still got enough, um, you know, vim and vigor to, to be doing that, then that is certainly a, a concern. And she, is, she has. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, you've done the right thing. Definitely keep them separate around um, meal times. Make sure that there's no competition there. Um, but I would say, you know, get her up to your local vet. Just let them have a good once over of her and make sure that there's nothing yes. else we can fix. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, Sue. And we'll continue with uh, Louise. You're at Belford. Your eight year old uh, dog is into the grass. Eight months. Eight, eight, months. Oh, eight, eight months. months. Sorry. Just a puppy. Big Just difference. a puppy. What kind of dog is it, Louise? A groodle. A groodle, yeah. So listen, puppies, right? Like what? Yes. Puppies, they're so silly. Um, yes. Eating grass for, for lots of dogs is not a big deal. When my puppy came home, she's just over a year now, um, She that's all she wanted to do. She hadn't really spent a lot of time on grass and she would just go and just pull, rip mouthfuls of grass out of the ground because she thought it was pretty fun and exciting. And we certainly yep. do see dogs that will eat grass as a regular um, sort of thing. It doesn't seem to cause them any problems or any vomiting. Uh, and they just go around and they just chew on it. They're a bit of grazers. Um, and that's probably not a problem. I suspect your puppy is just exploring the world still with her mouth and, and you know, eating yeah. the grass. Um, if you have a dog who doesn't eat grass as a routine thing, and then, you know, you see them eating grass, and then they shortly thereafter, they vomit, that's usually a dog with a, an abs- uh, abdominal pain, a discomfort somewhere. And they're actually using that grass as a way to sort of help them purge. But Lots of young dogs, you know, will just chew on grass, dig on holes, eat dirt, do stupid things. Um, and I know with my, I, I, I had reseeded an area of my lawn around the time that my puppy was sort of like five, four or five months of age. And she liked nothing better than to go to where the beautiful little fresh, tiny little grass shoots were coming up. And she would just pull them out in clumps and run around with them and then chew them and eat them. And then that was that was the end of that. Yeah, well, that's what Coco's doing. She yeah. goes around the front line yep. and pulls the fresh grass and, and I'm thinking that we've had you know, lots of dogs over the years, yep. and this is the first time I've seen. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's probably yeah. something she'll outgrow. Um, try to distract yep. her from it, particularly if she's, you know, being destructive and, and pulling out big clumps or, yeah. just, you know, digging holes, things like that. I always sort of just sort of try to distract um, them from it, give them a toy to play. You want to sort of try to mm-hmm. encourage that she's um, enjoying life with the things that you've yeah. given her to enjoy. Yeah. But um, to a certain degree, you know, I'm sure it's a normal behavior for a puppy that age, and hopefully she'll yep. out grow it um don't worry too much about it just be mindful of um not you know not letting her out there if something's been freshly sprayed anything oh, like that yeah no 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 you know we're very careful so yeah. um yeah just, yeah i think it is playful we do distract her and um i think well here's a chance to have a chat to her yeah that's right absolutely so, no, it's probably fantastic. not causing her any grief whatsoever all right thanks so much uh, louise and the eight month old Look, thank you so much for that. Great calls today. And before we go, uh, we do have a Dog of the Week, which we'll take a look through, uh, Kimberly. And mm. look, uh, if uh, adding a new uh, addition to your family is uh, something you've been thinking about, maybe consider uh, the dog Millie, who gets the nickname Boo. <laughs> look, That's a, a, good name. a nice, playful, cheerful, four-month-old Blue Healer Aussie Cattle Dog. Now, keep in mind, this particular dog, 
is deaf. Now, are there some particular challenges, Kimberly, if we have a dog that can't hear us properly? Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously you're not going to be able to call her whistle, that sort of thing. So you're going to need to be um, very visual. She's going to need to watch you. Um, but there's lots of really good things. And dogs actually are very visual learners anyway. So we talk about in our puppy schools and things like that, that um, giving your dog a hand signal, so a hand signal for sit rather than saying sit, or do them in conjunction. My dog does them in conjunction um, because dogs are actually more visual than auditory anyway in terms of their learning and training. The issue is sometimes going to be getting the attention of the dog at a distance, right? So in a household setting, you can stomp your foot um, and make a vibration. Um, and that's what we often talk about is using the, her other senses. So a smell or a vibration, something like that to gain her attention and then using hand signals. Um, she's a cattle dog though, so she's going to be really intelligent. Um, and as long as you know what her currency is, you know, it says she's food motivated, mm. which is really, really really good um, so she'll be trainable but it will require somebody with some patience and some attention um, and some time to, to sort of work with yeah look just having a look through uh, the little bio on boo there mm. yeah, food motivated yeah, so I mean we really can good. all relate to that but she already has mastered sit so obviously well trainable does the hand signals quite well and um, walks nicely on a leash so it, it seems like she will um, be okay and already playing well with others so we yeah like that. that's good yeah. So remembering she's a cattle dog, she's still going to need a fair amount of exercise. Um, and it's just going to be, you know, the off-leash stuff is going to be a little bit trickier initially. So, but it looks good. Yeah. On the downside, has not mastered toilet training yet, but that's a work in progress. But hey, I've got some friends that are in that same boat as well. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Well, look, if uh, if that is something that uh, you think, yeah, what, I'd mm. like to add boo to my family, you can check yeah. out the Dog of the Week on the Pet Chat page, which you can find at 2NURFM.com.au. Before we let you go, Kimberly, winter time, so the big change of season has really hit. Yeah. Some challenges for our pets, particularly the ones that live outside? Yeah, the outside pets. So particularly this week, we've all felt the winter chills. You know, it's really, really cold. So I think um, making sure that we've got nice warm beds for our dogs, making sure that we've got areas out of the wind, particularly our old dogs who are outside, um, making sure that we're, you know, thinking about whether or not they've got arthritis, if they're a bit stiff and sore, putting a jacket on, giving them a soft place, maybe a raised bed. Um, we've had some issues with um, the wind, some bird cages and Avery's blowing over and stuff like that. So making sure that um, cages are secured, that, um, you know, ideally they're out of the wind because we don't want any of these guys getting a chill overnight as well, that sort of thing. What about in terms of uh, exercise? Because uh, if you're in that uh, pattern of walking the dog um, quite yeah. o- quite often, does that something we need to factor in when it's cold? Obviously when it's hotter, yes, but what about at this time of year? Uh, listen, I mean, it, we're not we're not in Canada. When I was in Canada, we used to have to, you know, start rugging up and booting, putting boots on our dogs. We don't I've have to worry it. about that oh, much. I've seen a couple of documentaries on your homeland just recently. <laughs> it's too cold for me. <laughs> it's too cold. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm here now, right? Yeah. Um, but listen, I, I think the cold isn't a big thing. I think what we as humans are a little bit more sensitive. And so I think that there's um, a chance that our dogs aren't getting as much exercise because it's too hard to get out of bed in the morning to walk them before work. Um, so just, you know, pay attention to that. Most dogs are going to tolerate this sort of temperature pretty well. Um, if you've got a really thin-skinned dog, you know, a little um, whippet mm. or greyhound or, you know, those sorts of dogs, you probably want to make sure you're getting them a coat so that they're not going outside and getting too cold. All right, a couple of things to look at there. <laughs> Dr. Kimberly Earl, thank you for this week. Pet Chat, you're back uh, double duty next Wednesday double from duty next week. Yeah, I'll be back. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>